this, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hey everyone, I thought I would do a little diary podcast because I didn't do one last month, did I? And it's been absolutely manic couple of months. If you can tell, I'm a bit worse for wear. I've had two kind of events this week. I am exhausted. It's been a really mad couple of months. Um, I'm hanging out of my ass right now. Let's jump into the intro and I'll tell you why. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risplit. What's up peeps, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is a YouTube channel podcast doing exactly what it says on the tin so if you're new here hit that subscribe button and the bell so you never miss another episode my name's james mcpherson i'm the founder and md of risk fluent the company that kind of sits behind it and rebounding safety is kind of our purpose it's kind of what i want to talk to you about today because the last couple of months have been mad and i i actually attribute the kind of successful couple of months are the probably the most successful couple of months we've had in the consultancy side of the business until we started uh, and since we started sorry and i put a lot of that down to um a piece of work that we did um so i wanted to talk about that just a couple of things as well let's start with why am i hanging out of my ass today well, yesterday was the relaunch of the Health and Safety Network. So I say relaunch, it wasn't really a relaunch, it was a rebrand. Um, so you'd have heard me talk about Project Miletium. So Project Miletium started in 2020 um, with me and Colin Nottage. And we put something together, which at the core of it was like a mastermind community for us all to like help each other, share ideas, professionally develop and so on. So the first iteration was that, of, of that was Project Miletium and it did phenomenally well. It really did phenomenally well, but there were some there were some like teething, I wouldn't say issues, but there were some opportunities to improve for sure. God, my coffee's gone cold. So, what what we did was we we called all the members in. We had an open invite to a to a, uh, an extra Zoom call. And we said, you know, here's our concerns. Here's what we're worried about. Here's what we like. What do you all think? What are your ideas? What do you like? Blah, blah, blah. And members were were outstanding. It was a really busy call. We had loads of people feeding back. And we took loads of it away. And one of the things we took away was we want to give anyone in the membership that wants it the opportunity to join the business. Um, So we wanted to give them the opportunity to 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 have some shares um so we put that out there we spoke to a few members of which one of those um became a director so sam neil who runs orchard safety um he has now become a shareholder and a director of the health and safety network and has been fundamental and one of the things sam did really well i think is remind us of what the core purpose of what we were trying to do with project Meletium was and obviously the first thing we needed to do was come up with a name that people could fucking spell. So we did the Health and Safety Network. Um, 
and we rebranded it. We got um, an artist to kind of do all of the logos and stuff. So we, we proper went we proper went in on this. And um, and and Sam was phenomenal at really really bringing us back to what we originally intended to do. So we've restructured the call. So in a typical, let's take a five week month as an example you would have a community call um, and a community call is very simple style of call quite relaxed is that we'll have like a topic that we're kind of penciled in to discuss but we'll start the call with some wins so we, we go around the round the table so to speak in a digital format um, and we'll, have, we'll ask people to share their wins. You know, what's gone well this week? We want safety people to be able to kind of reflect on what's gone well this week because so often that we forget that because we're just waiting around for something to go wrong sometimes. So we get people to talk about the wins. Then we'll put the topic out. We'll say, look, this is the topic. What do you think? Uh, or has anybody got anything they want to discuss? Anybody got anything they want to share or need help with and that really is the nutshell of a community call and that was one of the first styles of calls that we start with proper uh, pair is if you'd say at project millennium and that has stayed and then we got the, the kind of relatively new call which has become phenomenally popular which is our philosophy calls which are run by uh, simon cassin comes in kind of as a guest host i suppose and he facilitates a philosophical conversation around a topic. Um, then you'll have another community call. Then you'll have what's called a skills call. And that skills call is going to be once a month. And that is going to be a predetermined topic that we're going to put out each quarter. And it'll be either a technical topic or a cultural slash social kind of topic. So we want to make sure we're covering both sides. We're talking about that technical stuff that we need to make sure we don't forget. And then also we'll talk about the cultural side of things. So we put that out quarterly, give people the opportunity to say, I'm, I'm not too bothered about that one, or I really want to come to that one, and so on and so forth. And we do that once a month, and they're going to be CPD accredited as well. So that's a big new um, part of the health and safety network. All of this is facilitated on Microsoft Teams, which is the next big part of the shift over the restructure. Because currently, by joining the network, you go to a private group on LinkedIn. And we found that was good, and the members liked having that private space. But because it was LinkedIn, you were competing for their their attention on the feed with other stuff. So stuff was easily missed, and, and people weren't having those engaged conversations. Um, but they did like it when they were, if that made sense. So feedback from the members, like, we like it, we want somewhere safe to go. So that was a big attraction of Teams, is to be able to have that ability to just chat in that team so as you join the community you join the network you get joined you, you get put into teams basically and if you drop me a message now i can have it free until january so we'll just put you in the team's call and then if you don't like it in january we'll kick you out and that's it done um if you go into there but the next big amazing thing that i'm really excited about is the what we're calling like the surgery calls so basically because it's now in teams and that we pay for teams and whatever um anyone in that community can ask for support at any time from anyone and start their own call they don't need us to facilitate it where previously they needed one of us to activate the call now you don't so now you can be like hi i just need i've got a question about manual handling anyone got five minutes oh yeah i can jump on a call jump in a, in a private chat start a private chat start a video call done 
easy. It's literally like having a massive community of people ready to call. But what we did acknowledge is what if nobody responds to somebody that asks for help? And that's where we step in as a company and that we will guarantee that if it's not covered within 24 hours, we will cover it within 24 hours. So we will get involved and we'll go, yeah, we'll talk to you, mate. Um, then we've got the wagon wheel that happens once a quarter. So this is like the big mastermind three-hour session split into two halves. First half is about a keynote and then workshops with that keynote speaker. And then the second half is... Uh, all about kind of objective setting and kind of performance review of yourself um, for the last quarter. So you'll get put into pairs and you basically do like a little workshop with each other and you'll be like, oh, how did my quarter go? And how do you want next quarter to go? So in a nutshell, the whole community is like this safe space for you to learn, help each other, be a mentor and be mentored uh, all in a nutshell. And yesterday, to bring it all the way back to the original question, why am I hungover? Yesterday we hosted a free of charge networking event for absolutely everyone. So we hired a little room in a bar in Leicester called the Exchange Bar. And... It was just this little like cubby hole at the side of the bar. We bought a load of drinks tokens, a load of nibbles, which the Anthony Pasty was amazing. It was really nice. And um, yeah, we just had loads of people come along and we were really scared in the morning because there had been train strikes. We had a couple of members that were coming for Ireland that had some problems. One forgot their passport. Come on. And the other forgot to set their alarm. Come on. <laughs> Rookie mistakes, you two. Um, so no, I know they were both gutted that they couldn't make it and uh, we were gutted that they couldn't make it as well. Um, and then we had like, loads of people, like there, there was a little sh a fling of like COVID or f the flu going around, so a load of people like were really ill. And I was like, oh my God, there's loads of people dropping out. But we had a really good turnout on the day, so thank you everyone that came. Everyone got a, everyone, if they wanted one, they got a free T-shirt. We just had a really nice time and it was really good. I went to bed at midnight, which is extremely late for me, and I've had quite a bit to drink, so I'm a little bit hungover. I'm a bit bungy as well. <clears throat> but ultimately, that is the Health and Safety Network, and that's why I'm hungover, and that's why I'm croaky AF. Make it clear that the use of computer vision is because that you want to learn about patterns of behavior in parts of workplace to improve the work environment. Then you will not use it as a disciplinary, disciplinary, disciplinary tool unless there are exceptional circumstances. Consult employee reps. Give them a distraction of what CV will do, CV being computer vision, as well as reassuring them. They will have great ideas about how it can be used to protect people. They're just two of the rules in the white paper um, that Protex AI have done for building trust within the workplace when we're using uh, computer vision uh, AI. So computer vision is like the AI tech that goes onto your CCTV that Protex AI do. And one of the biggest issues that we've got is that if we've just got a culture of where we think, not just as a company or you, like just I think everyone, a majority of people have a culture where you think you're only doing this to spy on me. And that's the problem when we've got predominantly a lot of these AI type uh, data building type 
tech innovations and that was one of the things that stood out when we spoke to Protex AI we had quite a lot of these computer vision people come to us rebound safety being like oh can we you know can we talk about you know talking to your audience and stuff like that and one of the first things we, we would try and get out of them is like how are you using this and the second we got a hint of like you're using it to punish the worker we we don't we didn't want it it was just being used as another stick to beat the worker and the thing that stood out with protex is that they didn't want that to happen and they've kind of put that this this kind of whole ethos into a white paper um, which is a great piece of of information it's free of charge you can download it from the website it's called ai's role in promoting a proactive safety culture all about kind of building that data and becoming more proactive but one of the first things we need to do is increase trust that's why i really liked their kind of list of rules essentially to build trust like this is how we're going to use it and this is that framework we're going to operate within so you can find the link in the description below for that white paper it's not massive it's a it's a relatively easy read it's not horrendous like academic type paper it's an easy read it's broken down into nice chunks and um, there's a lot of valuable information in there along with a little bit of a bonus as a kind of little introduction into safety culture so if you weren't and you weren't sure as to where the word or phrase safety culture came from it's in that paper as well go to the link in the description and download your paper now and it's been outside of the health and safety network in risk fluent has been an unbelievable tornado of a great couple of months um we're busy we're mad mad busy working um with some subcontracted project uh, some kind of partnership slash subcontracted projects with with other consultants and then our own customers are really starting to flow in now so we're really starting to build some of our long-term partnerships which is what we're really trying to push is that long-term partnerships with those with those businesses so We've partnered with an awesome company um, just this week um, that we've been talking to for a long time. So they're a safety team and they just want some support to kind of take the kind of strategy of risk management and their cultural um, kind of approaches to the next level. Um, so we've kind of got like a, we've under, had lo loads of chats about where they are and kind of really put together like a bespoke kind of partnership with them. Um, and and that's it and said like we will basically just be there for you we'll come on site x amount of times a year we'll be there for you and we will together strategize a way to get to where you are where you want to because i remember being a safety professional and not having any help because of the classic responses well I, I pay you to do that well yeah you do but i'm just one person i'm very lonely so we were like for the bosses that are not like that and want their safety team to have some support some a kind of critical friend on the outside of the organization that can be really honest with them person that can kind of spend the time out looking for academia and best practice and trends and stuff like that to help you improve and drive uh, and plan outside the day-to-day the -day, then that's what we did so we've got a company that we're doing that with we are still doing an amazing project with um with a road construction company, really excited about this and that proper that the big main chunk of that kicks off next week. Um, so there's been loads of prep for that going on in every spare minute that I have, um, and that's really cool. It's like having it's a combination of like 
bringing some tech in. So first part of the project was finding some tech and onboarding that tech as a trial um, to be able to facilitate a recorded conversation. And basically then designing the conversation is to do kind of some simple kind of one-liner questions of open questions for people to consider what's in front of them, what they're trying to achieve and so on. So yeah, now the next step is, is getting them kind of their concept around risk and dynamic risk and so stuff like that up and running and then get them facilitating briefings so we start that next week so that's been amazing um got nominated for an award a finalist of an award which has been weird so i've been nominated for young per young business person of the year award for northamptonshire chamber of commerce makes me feel sick to say out loud um so i had to do a presentation for that that was like quite overwhelming if i'm honest um and and that's been really challenging like to just it ended up being crammed in because there's just so much going on um which is and it was a really awesome thing to do but it was just mad overwhelming so we've got to go to a big awards dinner like in about six weeks time and um and yeah and see if we win but we're finalists out of like i don't know shit loads of applications only three of us as finalists good luck to the others for sure there's loads of other awards on as well so good luck to anyone that, that had been nominated for an award or a finalist for an award for there so yeah that happened um we've gone mad in new customers as small businesses we've signed up quite a lot of people on long-term relationships which which is really where we want to be to really drive sustainable change we think we need those long-term partnerships so we've got a sustainable energy company build and operate wind farms company that builds mobile towers um a massive uh, fire alarm and security company so yeah that's been um that's been absolutely outstanding and just loads and loads of like phone calls of customers so what's changed what's made this bit because i'm not gonna lie the first couple of months were really really hard and the hardest thing i've ever done and we were kind of talking to everybody and therefore talking to no one what changed well i actually attribute it to oh, let me see if i can get the guidance Oh, I don't know where it is. I attribute it to one of these guides that we have that we use quite a lot. Here it is. I actually attribute a lot of that kind of thrust of success that we've had over the couple of months to this guide um so simon casson introduced me to this this is a group called the ethics center um and this is a free guide and it's a good practice guide for managing culture and in here they say that at the core of a culture is an ethical framework so as a as an organization you have an ethical framework and we all know these right purpose values principles but the difference is if you live it and it makes sense instead of just googling cool words to put on an ethical framework but if you get something that actually makes sense to you it makes a difference and i genuinely think it's made a massive difference for us so i'll kind of run you through through what ours is and um, i genuinely think it's really defined everything that's happened the last couple of months and really helped us kind of maybe unconsciously talk to the right people be in the right places and so on one of the main things we wanted to do was make sure that we bring why the reasons why we started rebranded safety into the company into our purpose so we actually made it our purpose uh, the purpose of risk fluent is to make the working world better by rebranding safety one interaction at a time so that literally is everywhere now that defines everything we do that every interaction we have is about rebranding safety 
uh, we value people-centered work and delivering work that has impact. And we have some principles. We only work with businesses that care. We don't do health and safety got mad. Um, we don't do tick boxes. So that comes back to us being risk-based and having impact. So those principles help us on the day-to-day as the work that we're doing, making decisions and approaching people, whatever. Values really come to back to the core of what we value and how we deliver our work. And then our principle just keeps us on the straight and narrow as to where we're going. And that has massively helped us make decisions, talk to the right people. And it just seems to have happened naturally. So I think one thing that I could take away from the diary of Risk Fluent for the last couple of months is... Go and read this guide, Managing Culture Best Practice Guide by the Ethics Centre. Um, this is the first edition from December 2017. I don't know if they've done another one, actually. I'd have to check. Um, and do some work on, a, on an ethical framework or have a look at your company's existing ethical framework, if they have one, and um, you know, have a look if it's being lived and, and where do you think your work sits into that. Um, but I genuinely think that's been an absolute massive part of Risk Fluent and over the last couple of months and I attribute a lot of the good stuff that's been going on to that. Anyway, that'll do for this month's and slash last month's diary because I didn't do anything last month. We've been mad busy. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and otherwise I shall catch you next week. Safe. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.